0: Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Austin, Texas, my guest will be opening for Miranda Lambert on select dates during the Certified Platinum Tour in 2015. Her third studio album, this one entitled Provoked, was just released in August. One of her songs, which we'll actually be playing at the end of today's show, has already had major success on Sirius XM's The Highway. She was nominated for Best New Female Vocalist at last year's Academy of Country Music Awards and has performed at the Grand Ole Opry more than 40 times. You've been hearing one of her songs called My Bed. It's my pleasure to welcome singer-songwriter Sunny Sweeney.
1: Hi, how are you?
0: Outstanding, Sunny. Many thanks for taking time out to do this today. I'm looking forward to this conversation.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: Awesome. So... Right off the bat, let's just start first by having you tell the listeners about the song that we were just playing called My Bed.
1: Um, I wrote My Bed with Angelina Presley and Ashley Monroe um, probably five or six years ago. And we just, um, was you know, kind of one of those days I'd never written with either of them, I don't think, at that point. Or maybe I'd written with Angelina once. But um, we just were talking about, you know, things that happen in a marriage and a relationship, and when you just kind of get to that point of no return, and we just came up with that song.
0: And so let's set the stage a little bit for the Provoked CD now, because as you mentioned, my bed is from several years ago, and and of course, as I just mentioned there in the intro, uh, Provoked just came out in August. There are 13 songs and the project was produced by Luke Wooten, who, listeners, he has worked with Dirks Bentley, Brad Paisley, Kelly Pickler, among others. So, Sonny, tell the listeners, if you would, how you got connected with Luke. And then with regards to working with him on Provoked, did you let him have free reign, or were you pretty vocal about the direction you wanted to see the songs and ultimately the album go in? Well,
1: I'm very vocal in the things that I want, and uh, Luke and I worked together on my last record as well, and so it was a natural thing for us just to work together again on this record, and the reason I wanted to work with him was because he wants the artist to be very involved, and he and I work extremely well together, and so it was a very... uh, I mean, he definitely had you know, a lot, a lot of production ideas, and they were super cool, but he's not one of those producers that doesn't want you to put your two cents in. So I always felt extremely comfortable being like, hey, let's try this. And then he would say, okay, well, we can try that and see if it works. And then if it worked, cool. And if it didn't, cool. Nobody got their feelings hurt. We just we have a very cool um, dynamic when we're working together, Luke and I.
0: And I think that's important for the young listeners to hear, meaning the young listeners that are up-and-coming musicians, that if you're going to get involved with a producer who wants to tell you, look, I'm the producer, you're the performer, you stay over there and do what you do, and I'll stay over here and do what I do, that's probably not the person that you want to be working with, unless you don't care if someone else controls how your songs come out and, you know, listen
1: yeah i were i had the um i had a meeting with a producer once a long time ago and he i told him in the meeting i said um you know i'm extremely opinionated and you know i'm i'm not just a you know someone that's just gonna kind of sit by and go oh yeah that's great i mean i I play music for a living and have for a while, so i kind of knew you know i i know what I want things to in the general vicinity sound like, you know, and I told this producer, I was like, I'm very outspoken and I'm, you know, very opinionated and he goes, I can tell. And I was like, okay, well, um, we probably won't be working together. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and just in that statement, I can tell. You thought to yourself, well, I can tell what you're made of. So there we go. <laughs> well,
1: I mean, there's nothing wrong with, a, you know, absolutely nothing wrong with that on their behalf. But for, you know, for someone that is very opinionated, I don't know that that would be a great
0: match. Sure, sure. And there's another aspect of this that I that I want to touch on before we continue on here, which is, and you were alluding to this when you talked about my bed, uh, the and we seem to get into this, and, and listeners, you're probably rolling your eyes. This is episode 44, and by and large, we always manage to seem to talk about uh, songwriting as far as, Sonny, do you prefer to co-write? Do you prefer to write by yourself? Is it just kind of however it happens, it happens? Yeah, kind of just however it
1: happens. I mean, I, I used to never write with anybody, when I first started, I didn't ever feel comfortable opening up to people. And now I, I only prefer co writing, usually. I mean, you know, I've i found a little niche of people that I work really well with and um, feel comfortable, you know, opening up to. And it just makes it easier when you feel that way. And so I kind of, I guess, if, the, if there's only one answer, I guess it's preferred. I prefer co writing now.
0: Hmm. And where is this all happening? Are you recording and writing in Texas? Are you doing anything, say, you know, Nashville-wise? Maybe you're doing some writing over Skype. Maybe you're traveling there to do recording. What 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 are the logistics of all this?
1: Well, um, I record in Nashville. My last two records at Luke Studio is in Nashville. It's called Station West. And um, as far as writing, um, I do everywhere, really. I mean, like I write in Nashville a lot with people, and then, you know, people come to my house in Austin, and we write, and then I've flown to people's houses. Like, I flew to Lori McKenna's house in Boston to write with her, and um, I, I've just kind of wherever the chips kind of fall is where I go.
0: When you said, I'll, I'll write just about anywhere, I was waiting for you to say, the backyard, the kitchen, the front porch. <laughs> <laughs> there too. <laughs> in the car, well, not while you're driving, driving, of course.
1: Well, in the car <laughs> is actually a good place. I do write a lot in the car, actually. Um, I don't actually write it down, but I just do a voice memo or something. And sure,
0: sure. Uh, mm-hmm. So lots well, um,
1: of time to think in the car. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's a it's a it's a dangerous place for for deep thinkers. <laughs>
1: yeah, no kidding.
0: Especially when, when traffic is at a standstill. Uh, but yeah, I digress. <laughs> um, well, Provoked is by all accounts coming out really well. As, as I mentioned in the intro, one of the songs has already had major success on Sirius XM's The Highway. And, and this CD has only been out for four months. And yet, on just iTunes alone, 80 people have rated it to the tune of four and a half out of five stars. And there's reviews that say things like great awesome, one of the best female vocalists, real country, That that's all got to be awfully rewarding to you, Sunny, to see the listeners embracing this release in such a strong way.
1: Yeah, that's that's wonderful. I mean, you know, that's why I assume that's why people make music is so that people will relate to it. So I kind of feel like if, if people are relating to it, then, you know, I've done the best job that I can personally do, and I've put my whole world into it, so it's rewarding and validating to have people say nice things after you've put your whole life into something.
0: Absolutely, and and I'm disappointed in myself that it's taken me 44 episodes to think of this question to ask a guest, but in, in referencing those reviews that I was reading on iTunes in preparation for this interview, it's making me think now, in in the world of podcasting, <laughs> there's a there's a kind of inside joke that the only people that really pay attention to all those numbers, how many downloads you're getting, and number of listeners, and all this kind of thing, are the podcasters themselves. And obviously, when you're a musician, you're looking at sales. But do you ever go on iTunes or that type of thing, and, and you know, do kind of some of the the statistical analysis that I'm referring to here, where you're looking for ratings, you're counting up reviews, I things per- like that. I
1: personally. Do not, um, I try not to read too much of anything because, um, I was told by someone a long time ago in the very beginning of my career that if you believe the good stuff, that you also have to believe the bad stuff. Mm. So, um, cause otherwise you can just believe the good stuff and then you just let the bad opinions go. So I just try to not read any of it if I can help it. Um, I mean, I read some, you know, like there's a couple of reviews and like articles that have been written about me that my manager has sent me and been like, you need to read this. This is really cool. And, you know, I'll read it. But I don't, I don't necessarily, you can't, you can't bank on, you know, reviews as, you know, as like for success, you know what I mean? Or for failure, because I mean, regardless of whether people think I'm doing the right thing or the wrong thing I'm doing the only thing that I know how to do and so I'm hoping that it's connecting with people But so that's kind of just how I live my life is like well I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing and hope that you know it connects and people respond to it
0: yeah and I guess an argument can be made for And really, we could get into a whole philosophical discussion, which we won't, but, you know, in terms of seeking validation, whether it's, you know, with your music or or the way you live your life and that type of thing, not, not to mention that, you know, specifically with regards to something like reviews, what's to say that in this day and age, when you have people that will offer to boost up your Facebook likes or Twitter followers or things like that for a certain fee. What's to say that all the reviews uh, are genuine anyways? And I'm not suggesting that that's not the case with my show. And, and similarly for your Provoked CD, I'm just saying that if, if somebody was going to put all their weight on what people are writing about it, then you're, you're, you're more or less, I think saying the same thing as me, just a different way Then you're, you're probably setting yourself up for a heartbreak.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I just try not to, I mean, I, I mean, I'm going to do what I'm going to do and I really hope, you know, like I said earlier that I really hope that people, you know, can find a way to connect to it or, you know, respond to it in some way or another or play it or buy it or, you know, come to a show or something like that.
0: Absolutely. But,
1: you know, I I don't look at, you know, online stuff as, you know, like social media or anything like that. I mean, it's fun. It's fun for me. I love social media. So I use it because it's fun, you know, and then Mm -hmm. it also is a free tool for promotion and, you know, Well.
0: Interestingly, your name out. For, for someone who's about to open for a major headliner and has garnered the accolades that I've already mentioned so far during the show, this album, Provoked, was actually funded through a Kickstarter campaign and was released independently so talk about all of the work involved in that phase of the project, Sunny, because a lot of listeners might just hear, oh, an artist with a new release, yay, how fun, going to the studio every day to record, whereas there's certainly much more involved than just the performance element. Um,
1: I used, um, it was called Pledge Music. It was a crowdfunding. Um, I used it because I wanted to own my master's, and that was part of the way that I was able to do that, was to put some of the money in towards my recording. So um, I actually got a lot more benefit out of it. The fans made me feel extremely good about doing it because we went over the goal, first of all, and then they thanked me for letting them be a part of my record, which I thought was really cool. So for me, it worked out really great, and I will probably use it again. Um, it's a good way to, you know, get the money that you need up front to do a project um, and then involve your fans in it,
0: which they liked. And what about the uh, the element of working with the 30 Tigers record label?
1: Oh, they're wonderful. Kim Bowie is one of the coolest people I've ever met in my life, and She was very instrumental in helping me, you know, pick the right songs and make them in the right order, and she's just wonderful. So I I love everything about everything right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How did you come together with 30 Tigers, though?
1: Um, They actually reached out to my manager about talking to us. So um, we were just kind of looking at different labels to see kind of what we were going to do and... I looked at their, well, I knew who they were, actually. And I looked at all the artists that they had on their roster, and it's a lot of people that I look up to as artists. So I was like, I think this might be the place for me.
0: I want to back up uh, just a little bit, if you would, because there's always a big element of my show that is geared towards trying to educate the up-and-comers that maybe aren't too well-rounded yet in, in the music industry and are learning from people like yourself that have had success already. And I'm, I'm thinking possibly, possibly listeners, um, do, do go back and listen to the following episodes anyways if you haven't already because if you really want to learn the ins and outs of the music business, episode 10 with June McHugh. She had owned a music publishing company on Music Row in Nashville for, I want to say, six years. Uh, What still to this day is probably the most popular episode, episode 12, with Mark Allen Barnett, who is a songwriter out of Nashville that's written approximately 3,000 songs, and uh, episode 24 with Johnny Garcia, who ironically is the, uh, the lead guitar player for Garth Brooks, as well as for Tricia Yearwood, but he owns two music publishing companies in Nashville. So he talked an awful lot about the uh, the inner workings of the business. And and to a lesser extent, the same thing a few weeks ago in episode 41 with CJ Watson. But where I'm going with all this, Sonny, is you mentioned, and, and I, I would like you to kind of answer this in a way that educates the listeners, you, you mentioned that you took the approach that you did because you wanted to own your masters. And people like you and I that are in the music business, we know what that means, but I'd like you to kind of just give the the rationale behind that, if you will, um, to those listeners that are musicians that are starting to find out more about things like that?
1: Well, it worked for me. It might not work, you know, that might not be the, the other that might not be something that could work that would work for, you know, everyone else. Everyone wants something different out of, you know, their career. And I personally wanted to own my masters because now, you know, for the rest of the life of the record, you know, it's basically on my record label. I mean, it's through 30 Tigers, but it's my record label. So um, we get to make a lot more decisions this way. And um, I just think that it's something that works for me.
0: Very good. Uh, I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Austin, Texas, is singer-songwriter Sonny Sweeney. Visit her official website at www.sonnysweeney.com. She is active on social media, too, of course, as she mentioned. On her website, there are icons to click on to link over to Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. And also follow Sonny online so you can stay on top of where she's performing live and when. And, of course, do purchase her music on iTunes. As I mentioned in the intro of the show, there are two other albums out there by her in addition to Provoked. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz. that's H-E-A-R, and sign up for the e-newsletter there and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it, too. Subscribing is free, and it makes it very easy to get the show every week. It will just download automatically when a new episode comes out, so you don't even have to go looking for it. Feel free to use the social media buttons on NowHearThis.biz to like the now hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. And please, I would love to hear your feedback about the podcast, including even some questions you'd like to hear asked on future episodes. Post all that on the Facebook page I just mentioned or send an email. The address is on the contact page of NowHearThis.biz. Sonny, we were talking about the crowdfunding campaign and the record label, 30 Tigers. And there's another aspect of the business I'd like to have you touch on. Lots of musicians get a degree in something that has no application whatsoever to the music field. But you actually got a degree in public relations from Southwest Texas State University. And even though there's a management company that works for you, do you find that your education helps you understand the promotion aspect of the industry a little more, or maybe say a little easier than an artist who has say a degree in health services?
1: Um, I think more like mine was more hands on if I had, I mean, yes, I have a degree, but I mean, I think if anything helped me in my current situation from college, it would be the hands on stuff that I did in college. Like, going, I had an internship with LoneStarMusic.com, and that really helped a lot, you know, knowing, I mean, I don't necessarily do any of the promotion for my record, um, but, you know, management and the publicity team and the label and stuff like that will do, they'll do the promotion aspect of it, but I do get very interested in it, and I focus more on editing, actually, when I was in public relations. Um, I was an English minor, and so I actually like like reading over things that are going to be sent out and finding, <laughs> like, editing mistakes mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I'm kind of dorky about editing mistakes, <laughs> which you can't judge me from my Twitter, by the way, because I <laughs> sometimes write that when I'm, I speak to text a lot, and so Siri hates me, and so she spells things <laughs> wrong all the time, but... <laughs>
0: Not to mention that one hundred and forty characters is very challenging for for dorks like you and me that are grammar yeah. freaks. <laughs> Trust me, I sit there and I read the newspaper, and i i i, I will text you a picture it's if you amazing, don't believe me. Isn't it? Yeah, I, 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 act, I actually circle mistakes in the paper, and one of these days I'll I'll figure out why I am doing that and what I am saving them for. But in the meantime, it's horrible.
1: I, I'm, I do the same exact thing.
0: I guess it's therapeutic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's talk about the stage and the road now, as I mentioned in the intro, you're going to be opening for Miranda Lambert on select dates on the certified platinum tour in 2015. First question is how did you land that opportunity? And second is, even though it hasn't happened yet, do you consider that the high point of your career so far? Um, well, how it
1: happened was, um, my booking agent called and said, you're available. I hope you can do these. <laughs> so, and and I and I am like so super flattered. It is like she's she's the coolest, as far as I'm concerned. Um, as far as like supporting, you know, other women, particularly, she's very very supportive of other women, and that makes all the difference in the world. So, I am extremely excited about it. Um, uh, I think it will be a very big high point of my career. I'm looking very forward to it. I've played with her before, so I know her crowds are full of energy and so exciting, and there's just like a super excited buzz that they all have waiting for her to come on, and they're all raring to go. So I think it'll be a blast. I think it'll just be so much fun.
0: So tell me this. When when that call comes in, and, and even though you you just said that you've actually opened for her before, when that call comes in, though, you know what? What vision do you get in your head as far as what you hope this could lead to?
1: Um. Well, I just I just look at everything kind of day by day, really, and you know, I'm just excited that you know I have the opportunity. So I think I think it'll be cool, and you know. Opening yourself up to that many new fans is always cool, so you never really know um, kind of where the next day is going to lead you. That's the weird thing about the music business, so I'm just looking very forward to it.
0: Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is when something is on the internet, grab it while you're looking at it. If your CD is reviewed, if there's an article about you, if there's video of a TV appearance online, the time to capture it all is now. Don't assume the media outlet who posted this coverage of you will leave it up there forever. If you wait, there's always a chance that when you finally get around to going to look for it, they might have already taken it down. Despite cloud storage, server space is not unlimited, especially for smaller media outlets. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. It's interesting, Sonny, that you mentioned about your booking agent and how she... In other words, being proactive, you mentioned about working with women, and I I actually had a—this is kind of eerie because I had a question written here that we're talking about a female country artist opening for a female country artist on a major nationwide tour because last week on the show, singer-songwriter Laura Wisdom, uh, she has opened for the likes of Montgomery Gentry, Rascal Flats, Mary Chapin Carpenter, Patty Loveless. She said each of the following quotes— uh, and so I'm going to read these, and I'm going to ask you at the end of them if you agree with these statements or or no. So she said, for women in country music, it's a tough, tough, tough business. She also said, there's a lot going on in music right now that I'm curious to see how it will all pan out. She said that with sort of a... Sort of an Pessimistic tone in her voice. And lastly, she said, The 90s, you saw lots of female artists emerging, and you're just seeing less and less. So, your reaction um, to those statements, given what you just mentioned about your booking agent and the fact that you and Miranda are going to be on tour again?
1: Well, my booking agent is a man.
0: Oh, okay. Um, okay. His
1: name, yeah, his name's Mark. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I just feel extremely hopeful that there's going to be I think there's room for everyone so I mean for every fan that there is every you know every artist and every fan I mean everyone has different tastes so not every artist is going to make the same music and not every fan is going to like the same music so I think there's room for everyone and you know I enjoy my job like Beyond all belief, and I can't. There's days I wake up and I cannot believe that (laughs) this is my job. Like I, I just. In fact, I just was talking about this to my husband yesterday. I was like, "Can you? Like sometimes I can't believe that I get to do music for a living. Like that's (laughs) just so crazy." So I I just am going to continue doing what I'm doing, and you know, hope you know hope that the fans continue to come to shows, and you know, you get your name out more and more and more, and And I look at the Miranda dates as a huge opportunity to do that. Um, I'm extremely grateful that she's, you know, allowing me to come out with her. So I think it's going to be pretty cool.
0: Yeah, and let the record show that because I read those quotes... I was merely repeating what was said on the show last week. It doesn't necessarily mean that I agree or disagree with those statements, and it doesn't mean that every week that I have to agree with everything that everyone says on my show. I was just using it yeah. as a point of reference and trying to trying to you know balance the perspective and see uh what your thoughts were. But uh but I I, I think you've gone on record, duly noted. Mm-hmm. So We're talking about you heading out on the road open for Miranda Lambert next year, but back in 2007, you were touring as far away as Europe, and I know that next May you'll be playing at the Love City Country Music Festival down in the U.S. Virgin Islands, but any plans or or interest to play Europe again and and or just do more international dates, period, or is the States really where your main audience is and where you want to focus on?
1: No, I would go to Europe tomorrow. It's (laughs) the... If the gig was right, I love Europe. I've been over there like seven or eight times, I think, and it's amazing. I've been to so many different countries over there, and the people are just in love with real country music, and they're just so genuine, and, man, they're they're cool, and their weather's awesome, and <laughs> their food's awesome, and I just, I've had a blast every time I've gone. I hate flying, so... I mean I fly all the time but it's not my favorite thing to do. And so I hate that aspect of it, you know, like actually getting there. But um but once you're there it's just amazing. So I would go tomorrow. I would I would actually live in Ireland. I would live in wow. Norway, I would live in Sweden. Yeah. Wow. I love yeah, I love Europe. Well all of it. it. I love Scandinavia particularly.
0: Has all of this European travel of yours been strictly because of music or is some of it personal?
1: no it was all for music. Wow. It's allowed me to have it's allowed me to have um vacations that aren't music related because getting over there is, you know, the hard part and finding the time to, you know, two full days is for flying. So if you're like I was in um France doing a festival and then I went to Italy um on vacation. So um so it's there's only, like, you know, a couple hours to fly there. Or yeah. some of the places I've been, I've, you know, taken a train, you know, to another country. And it only takes, like, an hour to get to another country. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, so there's – the the countries are so, you know, I guess compared to Texas, everything's smaller. But, like, it, <laughs> it, you can drive 12 hours and still be in Texas. But, like, there you can be on one of those speed trains and be in a country to two countries away in a couple hours. So it, there's a lot of opportunity for travel over there. And, and if I go back, I want to go to the castles and stuff in Ireland. I've never done the full, you know, castle tour there and in Scotland and all that. So I would love to do that.
0: Yeah, it's uh, making me think back to uh, the, the first time that I went to Monte Carlo. It's fly into Nice, which is in France, and then take a bus. Mm-hmm. To Monte Carlo, and from there, you know Italy is a hop, skip, and a jump away. And so yeah. y- you're right. You know it's it's a lot different than big states like like Texas or here in Florida, where, as you mentioned, you could drive for hours and hours and hours and still not leave and the still
1: state. Still be there, yeah.
0: So yeah. how how are you getting all of these opportunities to go play in Europe? Is is Europe asking for you? Is your booking agent specifically looking for opportunities over there? Are you getting repeat? Oh, bookings? I don't know.
1: I mean, I haven't been over there in a couple of years, so um, I'm just saying I would love to go back over there. So yeah, um, yeah, I don't really. I think some. I imagine it's both. You know, like I know a lot of people that you know do festivals over there and run festivals, and so. You know, sometimes that's the case. And I guess I think it's just all different ways, actually.
0: Well, and we had this discussion on. I'm, I'm trying to remember the specific episode of the podcast. It, it was probably more than one because we have talked about the fact that you know music is is global. It's universal. It has you know certain qualities to it that knows no borders. Uh, I don't know why, for some reason, listeners um, send me an email or post on Facebook if I'm wrong, but I I thought that episode 38 with J.R. Bird, that maybe we talked about that, but it it could have been someone else. So it does have to do your heart good, Sonny, I imagine, to be playing the same songs that you're playing in Texas over in you know Ireland, for example, and, and seeing these people over there enjoying it just as much as the folks back home are.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's crazy. The first time I went, there was major culture shock because I had no idea, you know, what to expect. And then, you know, the Internet's done a lot for um, for people in the music business because I went over there the first time. was like 2005, I think, and even the Internet being what it was then, people still had heard my songs, you know, from like MySpace and stuff like that. And that was really crazy to me because I was thinking... How do these people know these songs? And then it dawned on me, like, oh, duh, the
0: internet's worldwide. <laughs> well, well, it's it's making me think of you. You use the the expression culture shock, and interestingly enough, it was you that had the culture shock going over there, not them hearing this music and saying, "Oh my gosh, what is this?" I'm you know I'm picturing the the Buddy Holly story when he gets up and starts playing, and these people are are looking at him like, "Whoa, what is this?" Oh, no, no, they, they I mean,
1: love country music. I mean, like, they love country music over there. So, you know, you throw a couple cover songs in, and they just, you know, they love, in Norway, they love John Denver. <laughs> they love John Denver. <laughs> and then, like, you know, everybody knows, like, Loretta Lynn, and, you know, the older country that, that I grew up on that I am in love with. So play some of those songs and, you know they're like, man, thank you, my gosh, I can't believe you played that,
0: or, you know. <laughs> I'm trying to think of who used to say Germans love David Hasselhoff, because now I'm thinking Norwegians love John Denver. <laughs> <laughs> May his soul rest in peace, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today on the Now Here This Entertainment guest line from Austin, Texas, is singer-songwriter Sonny Sweeney. Visit her official website at www.sunnysweeney.com and you'll note that I'm not giving you the spellings of those folks displayed on the device that you're listening to the show on. So find Sunny Sweeney on her official website. She is also active on social media, too, of course. On her website, there are icons that you can click on to go over to follow her on Twitter, to her Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. And as I mentioned before, Follow her online so that you can stay on top of where she's performing live and when. And, of course, do purchase her music on iTunes. As I've mentioned before, there are two other albums out there by her in addition to the newest one, Provoked, which we've been talking about. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz. That's H-E-A-R. And I'm required by law to tell you that it pains me to still have to spell that on episode 44. Uh, nowhearthis.biz. Sign up for the e-newsletter there and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too. Subscribing is free, makes it very easy to get the show every week. It downloads automatically when a new episode comes out, so you don't even have to go looking for it. So there. Uh, feel free to use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. And please, I really do welcome feedback about the show, including even some questions if you'd like to submit them for me to ask to guests on future episodes. Post all of that on the Facebook page I just mentioned, or send an email. The email address is on the contact page of nowhearthis.biz. Sonny, we are talking about what sounds like glamorous touring, opening for Miranda Lambert, playing in the U.S. Virgin Islands, having played in Europe. But you're still real present there in Texas. I know there's a show on Saturday, uh, the 13th, in Austin. Uh, I know there have been guests on this show before from the Lone Star State. Right off the top of my head, I'm thinking of, I mentioned episode 38 with J.R. Bird, uh, episode 37 with Brian Lee from the group Suede Austin, and even episode 19 with Danny Brooks. And of course, most people are familiar with South by Southwest, but casual listeners to this show really need to understand what a music hotbed it is in Texas. It's not just Nashville, LA, and New York. Yes, Sunny.
1: Yeah, I mean Austin is Austin has a lot of venues and um and a very close-knit music scene, so you know, you know a lot of people in this town um and so it's, you know, really fun to play here. I actually don't play here that much um i in fact this will be the first time since february that i've played in austin um and then before that i played there in august 2011 so wow um yeah i don't really get to play in austin that much mostly because i'm not here you know i'm traveling playing gigs but playing this coming or is it next saturday um at the Saxon Pub, which is one of the first places that I ever played here um, where I got paid to play here. (laughs) Um, And so I kind of just love doing this. I'm going to actually start doing this every December um, and just play there. Uh, Joe Ables and Judy Ables run the place, and they're just so cool to me, and they always have been. So I love being able to, you know, kind of do that again, and just it's just fun for me. So, um, but I play in Texas a lot, and you know Oklahoma and stuff like that—places that are easy to drive to. But then, you know, I was in like Spokane, Washington, and D.C. in one week a couple of weeks ago. So. Mm. Kind of random. <laughs> <laughs> music is very random.
0: Who says you can't go home, though? Right? I believe uh, that's the musical question asked by Bon Jovi in Sugarland. And there you are. Is what I said. Who said you can't go home? I, I believe that's the musical question asked by Bon Jovi in Sugarland. And there you are playing, oh. playing in Austin on Saturday night. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Um. Well, at the same time, Sonny, as as I mentioned back in the intro, wow, you have played at the Grand Ole Opry more than forty times. Do you do you still get as nervous and excited playing there now as you did the first time or two, or has it Dare I say, become just another show for you by this point? No,
1: no, it gets more, actually more nerve wracking. Because now it's like, now, I mean, you know, now more people, I feel like, come there when I'm playing, like they come to see me, so there's more pressure, actually. Mm. I'm like, oh, well, I hope I don't screw up. I get really nervous when I play there every time, still. Wow. Wow. (laughs) I don't know that that will ever go away.
0: Well, I did once hear it say that did once hear it said that if you get to a point where you're not getting nervous then then perhaps something is wrong. So uh, it's, Yeah,
1: Loretta Lynn said if you stop getting butterflies and you need to find a new job. So
0: There you go. There you go. Well, the person that <laughs> said it to me was probably uh Ripping off her uh, <laughs> her original eloquent yes. eloquent quote, uh, but but getting back to Austin though, what about? Uh, I mean, I know you you just mentioned the the scarcity of of Sunny Sweeney live shows there, but so so South by Southwest? No, you're, you're not. Uh... I played
1: I played South by once. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I played that in two thousand nine, maybe two thousand eight or nine.
0: But what is um, what is the reason why you're why you're not playing there? Is it you know? There's it, no reason.
1: Oh, okay. There's no okay. reason. No, I'm just I'm gone a lot. I mean, I yeah, play. Yeah. You know, I live here. I don't. You know, I it, it'd be like if you lived in you know Fort Lauderdale and there was a Fort Lauderdale music festival. You can't play in Fort Lauderdale every day. So sure, sure. I mean, you play other places, and so
0: yeah, and that's kind of what I was getting at. Was was is it just a case of? Your schedule doesn't permit you to be there. It's, you know, just coming at the wrong time. I've actually
1: never really even, I've never really even thought about it. I mean, I've played it before, so, Um, and it's a great festival. It brings a ton of money into our city. There's so many, you know, visitors, and it's amazing.
0: Yeah, and it's become far, far much bigger than, quote-unquote, just a music festival, so it's really... uh... Oh, yeah,
1: no, it takes over the whole town. It's crazy. I mean, there's stuff the whole week.
0: Really Actually, for two event. weeks,
1: because the film is before it. So,
0: Well, Sonny, from the category of what's next, I want to talk specifically about one category that we haven't touched on yet. On your official YouTube channel, there's one video that has almost 3 million views and another that's not far from 1 million views, but those are 4 and 3 years old, respectively. Is there a new, fully produced video in the plans for you? Yes.
1: We
0: will be doing one for the next song. Uh, estimated timetable, where will that be done, those types of details. What can you reveal I this don't point?
1: know. There's not any specifics just yet, but soon you'll have an answer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, how does that c- come to fruition? Do you step forward and tell somebody, I want to make sure we do a video, or did somebody tell you, look, we need to make sure that we get a video done for one of the songs on this album?
1: I think it's it's both. I mean, obviously videos help, you know, with promoting a song. So, um, you know, we'll have one for the next song that we put out, which we're going to be discussing or already are discussing. So we should have an answer very soon.
0: Now, are you someone that is a little bit on the accuracy side where you really want to ham it up and, and really kind of, you know, Hollywood, this video? I'm, I'm thinking of a few weeks ago in episode 40, Misty Loggins, where we you're talking about her video, and, and it's a real fun kind of video to watch. Or or do you just kind of like, you know, let's just have us sitting here playing and, you know, just film us playing, singing, performing the song?
1: I think each song is different. So, really, it's just going to depend on the song that we, you know, choose. Um, so... I really guess it would matter, you know, it would need, I would have to have the song in mind to decide that
0: answer. Sure, sure. Okay. Well, we're going to close out today with the song that I have referred to a few times as having already had major success on Sirius XM's The Highway, and the song is called Bad Girl Phase. But Sonny, before we play it, take the listeners behind the scenes first in terms of how that song came to be.
1: Well, um, Luke Wooten brought it to me, um, and he said, "I want you to listen to this song." And he got through a verse and a chorus of it, and I was like, "I want it."
2: Wow! Wow! <laughs> and then
1: I found out that three of my friends wrote it: so wow. Randy Clark and Jesse J. Dylan and Shannon Wright. So I was like, "Oh, that's fine."
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it almost kind of sounds like he knew what he was doing. You know, had a little. Yeah,
1: he knows. He knows. Me, he knows me pretty well. <laughs>
0: Well, that's great, though, because as you mentioned before, it's obviously a, a relationship that, um, you know, has certainly reaped dividends and, and sounds like it will only continue to do so.
1: Yeah, he's a great one. He's a good egg. That's what I was telling.
0: <laughs> well, Sonny, thanks ever so much. I uh, really enjoyed the conversation, and, and I appreciate you making the time to do the show today.
1: Yeah, me too. It was great. Thank you for taking the time.
0: My pleasure. My pleasure. I will... Close, as always, by formally thanking my guest. Today we heard from singer-songwriter Sonny Sweeney. Visit her official website at www.sonnysweeney.com. Remember that she is active on social media, too. Help her out. Like her Facebook page, follow her on Twitter, follow her on Instagram, watch her videos, and subscribe to her channel on YouTube. And remember that you can easily access all of those through the social media icons on her website homepage, SunnySweeney.com. Keep your eyes out for her live dates so you can make plans to go see her perform. And, of course, do purchase her music. It's on iTunes. And, by the way, she's also got lots of great merchandise for sale on her website. Don't forget to visit www.nowhearthis.biz and sign up for the email newsletter there by simply putting in your email address. There's just one field. That's it. It doesn't take long at all. And of course, please do subscribe to this podcast. Tell your friends about it. It would really help the show a lot if you would give us a nice review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio, hopefully accompanied by a five-star rating. And if you're listening on SoundCloud, remember that you can like and share episodes there. And you can also follow on SoundCloud, which is just like subscribing. As I mentioned before, let's get your feedback on the show too. Post your comments or questions that you would like to hear asked on future episodes. On the Now Hear This Facebook page, there are links to it, and Twitter, and even the Now Hear This official YouTube channel on NowHearThis.biz, or send us an email. The address is on the contact page of NowHearThis.biz. We have been recording this show at the great facilities at Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out online at www.cbpro.net. That's CB as in Crystal Blue. Thanks for listening. We'll send you out today with another song by Sonny Sweeney. This is the one she just talked about. It's called Bad Girl Phase.